CaviarCaviar.com. Treat yourself to a tasting at home, introducing Petite Caviar 101, Caviar Truffles and More, providing the world's best caviar for over 50 years. Sustainable caviar, seasonal delights, boutique grocery, family owned and operated, provide proud to have supply the highest quality caviar available for over 30 years. 100% sustainable caviar. Israeli oyster, Belgian oyster, Idaho white sturgeon, Siberian surgeon, paddlefish, Ikea, national overnight shipping, guaranteed national next day, overnight shipping Tuesday through Saturday, same day local pickup, local pickup, and curbside for Seattle ready within two hours, Monday through Saturday, next day local delivery, guaranteed next day local delivery for Seattle, Monday through Friday, shop for such items like Bellwether Forums, Farms Cream Fresh, Bessie's Blink, Gluten-Free Bessie's Blink, Black Truffle Butter, White Truffle Oil, La Brugilia, Yellowfin Fina Belly in Olive Oil, Russell's Original Spice Blend, Truffle Salt, Some Hosting and Wares as Mother of Pearl Caviar Spoon, Mother of Pearl Spoon with Blue Handle, Great Barrier Reef Petite Spoon with Pointed Tip, Round Mother of Pearl Palette, Caviar Presentoire with Sterling Band, Petite Mother Pearl Caviar Spoon, St. Hilaire Modern Caviar Presentoire, Fructus Saturn Silver Plated Caviar Cup, Homemade Recipes and More, Mint, mint Mink Potato Roasty with Caviar and Cream Fresh, Double Quill Eggs with Caviar, Blink with Buckwheat. Bartleby.com, an easier way to study hard. Ask a question, you have a homework question, and Bartleby subject matter experts have answers. Ask away. Most answers are answered in as fast as 30 minutes, and you'll be notified by email when your answer is ready. Find a solution. Proofread your paper. Bartleby's experts will look over your paper with their advanced grammar and spell checkers. Bartleby Learn access step-by-step solutions to millions of textbook problems on a searchable database of solutions to homework questions and subject matter experts on standby 24-7 when you're stuck. Bartleby Write. Write better right now. Scan for accidental plagiarism, check spelling and grammar and format citations correctly so you can spend less time writing and get the grade you want. Bartleby Tutor, 24-7 online tutoring service gives you personalized instruction you want and the flexibility you demand. With convenient options, you can find the best fit for your lifestyle and study habits. Bartleby Learn, search, solve, succeed. Study smarter with access to millions of step-by-step textbook solutions, a searchable digital database of homework solutions and subject matter experts on standby 24-7 to provide homework help when you need it. Subscribe and your first week is $4.99 after your first week subscription auto renews monthly to $9.99 USD or then then monthly current fee cancel anytime. Winning lineup of student tools, textbook solutions, millions of step-by-step solutions with thousands added daily in 30 subjects. Expert Q&A asks our experts your most troublesome homework or study questions anytime 
and receive a detailed solution in as fast as 30 minutes. 24-7 homework help. Bartleby subject matter experts, many with advanced degrees, are always on standby to ease your concerns and get, and get you back on track. Solution database. Homework solutions are easily searchable and constantly updated. Quickly find what you need, save it later, and access it from a mobile device. Try it today. Study on the go. Problems solved. Maximize your study time and get homework help anytime, anywhere with the Bottleby app. Ask or snap a homework question, search textbook solutions, and get an, get an answer notifications right from your device. Download it on the App Store or Google Play. Bartleby Wright. Compose with confidence. Quit staring at a blinking cursor. Easy, easier essay composition is right here with your new favorite plagiarism and grammar checker. Their all-in-one writing help tool is designed to reduce mistakes, improve writing habits, and transform OK essays into stellar ones so you can submit your paper with confidence all for only $9.99 a month. Try Bartleby Write 24-7 Personal Writing Tour. Plagiarism Checker. Bartleby will help you catch missing citations, accidental copied text, and other mistakes, giving you supreme confidence in your original work. Grammar Spell Checker. Author your own success story with writing help to eliminate mistakes. Early Scoring. Bartleby's Advanced Algorithm scans your paper and compares it to thousands of similar papers to produce a score before you turn it in. Citation assistance, whether it's MLA grammar checks or APA assistance, citing source in, in a cinch. Try it today. Bartleby Tutor, one-on-one -on -one tutoring on your schedule, whether it's a one-time question or a homework problem that needs a private study session. Solution, Bartleby's got you. Their team of live tutors are available 24-7. Get started today with a free 15-minute session on them. Find a tutor. Get a tutor on your computer. All tutoring sessions occur in real time via messaging or audio for easier collaboration and on the homework help, the textbook solutions, and more. 24-7 availability. Tutors are on demand day or night and accommodate your scale, school, and life balance. When you're ready to study, so is Bartleby. Flexible options. Don't pay for tutoring time you won't use. Buy 30, 60, 120 minute increments, whichever best fits your needs and didn't use all your minutes, roll them over to another session. Many subjects. Tutors are, on, are available on in over 20 subjects. Bartleby experts will help make sense of the toughest ex concepts in engineering, math, physics, business, and more. Find a tutor ready to get started. Sign up for 24-7 homework help now. Good morning. Hope you had a good New Year and a Merry Christmas. I look forward to what's in store for 2022. Hopefully it'll be better than 2020 and 2021. Well, here's uh, U.S. President number 31, Hubert Herber, Part 1. Herbert Clark Hoover, August 10, 1874 to October 20, 1964, was an American engineer, businessman, and politician who served as the 31st President of the United States from 1929 to 1933. A member of the Republican Party, he held office during the onset of the Great Depression. Before serving as President, Hoover led the Commission for Relief in Belgium, served as a director of the U.S. Food Administration, and served as the third U.S. Secretary of Commerce. 
Hoover, Hoover was born to a Quaker family in West Branch, Iowa. He took a, he took a position with a London-based mining company as a graduate from Stanford University in 1895. After the outbreak of World War I, he became the head of the Commission for Relief in Belgium, an international relief organization that provided food to occupied Belgium. When the U.S. ended the war, President Woodrow Wilson appointed Hoover to lead the Food Administration, and Hoover became known as the country's food czar after the war. Hoover led the American Relief Administration, which provided food to the inhabitants of Central Europe and Eastern Europe. Hoover's wartime service made him a favorite among many progressives, and he unsuccessfully sought the Republican nomination in the 1920 presidential election. After the 1920 election, newly elected Republican President Warren G. Harding appointed Hoover as Secretary of Commerce. Hoover continued to serve under President Calvin Coolidge after Harding died in 1923. Hoover was an unusually active and visible cabinet member, becoming known as Secretary of Commerce and Under Secretary of all other departments. He was influential in the development of radio and air travel and led the federal response to the Great Mississippi Flood of 1927. Hoover won the Republican nomination in the 1928 presidential election and decisively defeated the Democratic candidate Al Smith. The stock market crashed shortly after Hoover took office and the Great Depression became the central issue of his presidency. Hoover persuaded, Hoover pursued a variety of policies in an attempt to lift the economy but opposed directly involving the federal government and relief efforts. In the midst of the economic crisis, Hoover was decisively defeated by Democratic nominee Franklin, Ro Franklin D. Roosevelt in the 1932 presidential election. After leaving office, Hoover enjoyed one of the longest retirements of any former president, and he authored numerous works in subsequent decades. Hoover became increasingly conservative in this time, and he strongly criticized Roosevelt's foreign policy and New Deal domestic agenda. In the 1940s and 1950s, Hoover's public reputation was slightly rehabilitated after serving in various assignments for Presidents Harry S. Truman and Dwight D. Eisenhower, including as chairman of the Hoover Commission, though he managed to somewhat to rehabilitate his legacy Hoover is still widely regarded as an inadequate U.S. president, and most polls of, of historians and political scientists rank him in the th bottom third overall. Early life Hoover, Hoover was born on August 10, 1874 in West Branch, Iowa. His father, Jesse Hoover, was a blacksmith and farm implement store owner of German, Swiss, and English ancestry. Hoover's mother, Holder Rand. Randall Minthorn was raised in Norwich, Ontario, Canada, before moving to Ohio. Uh, before moving to Iowa in 1859, like most other citizens of West Branch, Jesse and Hulda were Quakers around age two. Bertie, as he was called during the time, contracted a serious bout of croup and was momentarily thought to have died until resuscitated by his uncle, John Minthorn. As a young child, he was often referred to by his father by as my little stick in the mud when he repeatedly got trapped in the mud crossing the unpaved street. Herbert's family figured prominently into the town's public prayer life due almost entirely to Mother Hula role in the church. As a child, Hoover consistently attended schools, but he did little reading on his own aside from aside from the Bible. Hoover's father noted by the, the local people for his pleasant sun, sunshiny disposition Died in 1880 at the age of 34. Her, Hoover's mother died in 1884. 
leaving Hoover, his older brother Theodore, and his younger sister Mary as orphans. After a brief stay with one of his grandmas in Kingsley, Iowa, Hoover lived the next 18 months with his uncle Alan Hoover in West Branch at a nearby farm. <coughs> in November 1885, Hoover was sent to Newburgh, Oregon to live with his uncle John Mintorm, a Quaker physician and businessman whose own son had died the year before. The Mintorn household was considered cultured and educational and part of a strong work ethic, much like West Branch. Much like West Branch, Newburgh was a frontier town settled largely by Midwestern Quakers. Mintorn assured that Hoover received an education, but Hoover disliked the many chores assigned to him and often resented Mintorn. One observer described Hoover as an orphan who seemed to be neglected in many ways. Hoover attended French Pacific Academy, now George Fox University, but dropped out at the age of 13 to become an office assistant for his uncle's real estate office. Oregon Land Company in Salem, Oregon. Though he did not attend high school, Hoover learned bookkeeping, typing, and mathematics at, night, at a night school. Hoover entered Stanford University in 1891, its inaugural year, despite failing all the entrance exams except mathematics. During his freshman year, he switched his major from mechanical engineering to geology after working for John Casper Branner, the chair of Stanford's geology department. Hoover was a mediocre student and he spent much of his time working in various part-time jobs or participating in campus activities. Though he was initially shy among fellow students, Hoover won election as student treasurer and became known for his distaste for fraternities and sororities. He served as student manager of both the baseball and football teams and helped organize the inaugural big game versus the University of California. During the summers before, the hit, before and after his senior year, Hoover interned under the economist geologist Economic geologist Waldemar Lindgren of the United States Geological Survey. These experiences convinced Hoover to pursue a career as a mining geologist. Mining engineer. When Hoover graduated from Stanford in 1895, the country was in the midst of the Panic of 1893, and he initially struggled to find a job. He worked in various low-key, he worked in various low-level mining jobs in the Sierra Nevada mountain range until he convinced prominent mining engineer Louis Jannon to hire him. After working as a mine scout for a year, Hoover was hired by, hired by Bewick Mooring and Company, a London-based company that operated gold mines in Western Australia. Hoover first went to Cooley Coolgardie, then the center of the eastern gold mines, so Hoover received a $5,000 salary equivalent to a $153,660 in 2019. Conditions were harsh in the gold fields. Hoover described the Cougardie and Murchison Range lands on the edge of the Great Victoria Desert as a land of black flies, red dust, and white heat. Hoover traveled constantly across the outback to evaluate and manage the company's mines. He convinced Bewick Mooring to purchase the sons of Guelia gold mine, which proved to be one of the most successful mines in the region. Partly due to Hoover's efforts, the company eventually controlled approximately 50% of gold production in Western Australia. Hoover brought in many Italian immigrants to cut costs and counter the labor movement of the Australian miners. During this time with the mining company, Hoover became opposed to measures such as a minimum wage and workers' compensation, feeling that they were unfair to owners. Hoover's work impressed his employers, and in 1898, when he was promoted to junior partner, an open feud between Hoover and his boss, Ernest Williams, but company leaders defused the situation, but often Hoover 
a compelling position in China. Upon arriving in China, Hoover developed gold mines near Tianjin on behalf of Bewick, Mooring, and the Chinese-owned Chinese Engineering and Mining Company. He became deeply interested in Chinese history, but quickly gave up on learning the language. <coughs> he publicly warned that Chinese workers were inefficient and racially inferior. He made recommendations to approve the lot of the Chinese workers seeking to end the practice of opposing long-term servitude contracts and to institute reforms for workers based on merit. The Boxer Rebellion broke out shortly after Hoover arrived in China, trapping the Hoovers and numerous other foreign nations until a multinational military force defeated Boxer forces in the Battle of Tientsin. Fearing the imminent collapse of the Chinese government, the director of the Chinese Engineering and Mining Company agreed to establish a new Sino-British venture with Bewick Mooring. After Hoover and Bewick Mooring, Established effect control over the new Chinese mining company, Hoover became the operating partner of Bewick Mooring in the late 1901. As operating partner, Hoover continued to travel the world on behalf of Bewick Mooring, visiting mines operated by the company on different continents. Beginning in December 1902, <coughs> the company faced mounting legal financial issues after one of the partners admitted to having fraudulently sold stock in a mine. More issues arose in 1904 after the British government formed two separate royal commissions to investigate B. Wickmore's labor practices and financial dealings in Western Australia. After the company lost the suit, Hoover began looking for a way to get out of the partnership, and he sold his shares in mid-1908. Sole Proprietor After leaving B. Wickmore, Hoover worked as a London-based independent mining consultant and financier. Though he had risen to prominence as a geologist and mine operating operator, Hoover focused most of his attention on raising money, restructuring corporate organizations, and financing new ventures. He specialized in rejuvenating troubled mining operations, taking a share of the profits in exchange for his technical and financial ex expertise. Hoover thought of himself and his associates as engineering doctors to sick concerns, and he earned a reputation as a doctor of sick mines. He earned a reputation, oh, he made investments on every continent and had offices in San Francisco, London, New York, Paris, Petrograd, Petrograd and Mandalay, British Burma. By 1914, Hoover was was a very wealthy man with an estimated personal fortune of $4 million, equivalent to $102.1 million in 2019. He co-founded the Zinc Corporation to extract zinc near the Australian city of Broken Hill. The Zinc Corporation had developed a froth flotation process to ex extract zinc from lead, silver ore, and exoperate the world's first selective or Differential flotation plant. Hoover worked with the Burma Corporation, a British firm that produced silver, lead, and zinc in large quantities at the Namtu Bodwin mine. He also helped increase copper production in Krishtim, Russia, through the use of pyritic smelting. He also agreed to manage a separate mine in the Altai Mountains. That, according to Hoover, developed probably the greatest and richest single body of ore known in the world. In his spare time, Hoover wrote his lectures at Columbia and Stanford University, were published in 1909 as Principles of Mining, which became a standard textbook. The book reflects his move towards progressive ideals as Hoover, became, as Hoover came to endorse eight-hour workdays and organized labor. Hoover became deeply interested in the history of science, and he was especially drawn to the <coughs> De Re Metallica, an 16th century work on mining and metal. Met 
metallurgy. In 1912, Hoover and his wife published the first English translation of De Re Metallica. Hoover also joined the board of trustees at Stanford and led a successful campaign to appoint John Branner as the university's president. Marriage and Family During his senior year at Stanford, Hoover became smitten with a classmate named Lou Henry, though his financial sisters precluded marriage at that time. The daughter of a banker from Monterey, California, Lou Henry decided to study geology at Stanford after attending a lecture delivered by John Branner. Immediately after earning a promotion in 1898, Hoover cabled Lou Henry, asking her to marry him. After she cabled back her acceptance of the proposal, Hoover briefly returned to the United States for their wedding. They remained married until Lou Henry's death in 1944. Though his Quaker upbringing strong influenced his career, Hoover rarely attended Quaker meetings during his adult life. Hoover and his wife had two children, Hoover, Hoover, Hoover Jr., born in 1903, and Ellen Henry Hoover, born in 1907. The Hoover family began living in London in 1902, though they frequently traveled as part of Hoover's career. After 1916, the Hoovers began living in the United States, maintaining homes in Palo Alto, California, and Washington, D.C. World War One and Aftermath Relief in Europe World War One broke out in August 1914, pitting the Allied powers France, France, Russia, Britain, and other countries against the Central Power, Germany, Austria, Hungary, and other countries. Hoover and other London-based American businessmen established a committee to organize the return of the Roughly 100,000 Americans stranded in Europe. Hoover was appointed as the committee's chair and with the assent of Congress, an executive branch took charge of the distribution of relief to Americans in Europe. Hoover later stated, I did not realize at the moment, but on August 3, 1914, my career was over forever. I was on a slippery road of public life. By early October 1914, Hoover's organization had distributed relief to at least 40,000 Americans. The German invasion of Belgium in August 1940 set off a food crisis in Belgium, which relied heavily on food imports. The Germans refused to take responsibility for feeding Belgian citizens and captured territory <coughs> and the British refused to lift their blockade of German-occupied Belgium. unless the U.S. government supervised Belgian food imports as a neutral party in the war. With the cooperation of the Wilson administration and the CNSA, a Belgian relief organization, Hoover established a commission for relief in Belgium, CRB. The CRB obtained and imported millions of millions offens of foodstuffs for the CNSA to distribute and help ensure that the German army did not appropriate the food. Private donations, private donations and government grants supplied the majority of its $11 million a month budget, and the CRB became a veritable independent re republic of relief with its own flag, navy, factories, mills, and ra railroads. A British writer described the CRB as a national state organized for benevolence. Hoover worked 14-hour days from London administering the distribution of over 2 million tons of food to 
9 million war victims. In an early form of shuttle diplomacy, he crossed the North Sea 40 times to meet with German authorities and persuade them to allow food shipments. He also convinced British Chancellor of the Exchequer, David Lloyd George, to allow individuals to send money to the people of Belgium, thereby lessening workload of the CRB. At the request of the French government, the CRB began delivering supplies to the people of northern France in 1915. American diplomat Walter Page described Hoover as probably the only man living who has privately, i.e. without holding office, negotiated understandings with the British, French, German, Dutch, and Belgian governments. U.S. Food Administration The United States declared war upon Germany in April 1917 after Germany engaged in unrestricted marine, submarine warfare against American vessels in British waters. With the U.S. mobilizing for war, President Woodrow Wilson appointed Hoover to the head of the U.S. Food Administration, which was charged with ensuring the nation's food needs during the war. Hoover had hoped to join the administration in some capacity since at least 1916 and had obtained the position of, after lobbying several members of Congress and Wilson's confidant, Edward M. House, earning the appellation of Food Czar, Hoover recruited a volunteer force of hundreds of thousands of women and deployed propaganda in movie theaters, schools, and churches. He carefully selected men to assist the agency leadership, along with Taylor, Technical Abilities, Robert Taft, Political Associations, Gifford Pinchuk, Agriculture Influence, and Julius Barnes, Business Acumen. World War I had created a global food crisis that dramatically increased food prices and caused food riots and starvation in the countries at war. Hoover's chief goal as food czar was to provide supplies to the Allied powers, but he also sought to stabilize domestic prices and to prevent domestic shortages. Under the broad powers granted by the Food and Control and the by the Food and Fuel Control Act, the Food Administration supervised food production throughout the United States, and the administration made use of its authority to buy, import, store, and sell food. Determined to avoid rationing, Hoover established set days for people to avoid eating specified foods and save them from soldiers' rations. Meatless Mondays, Wheatless Wednesdays, and when in doubt, eat potatoes. These policies were dubbed Hooverizing by government publicists in spite of Hoover's continual orders that publicists should not mention him by name. The Food Administration shipped 23 million metric tons of food to the... <coughs> The Food Administration shipped 23 million metric tons of food to the Allied powers, preventing their collapse and earning Hoover great acclaim. As head of the Food Administration, Hoover gained a, net, a following in the United States, especially among progressives who saw in Hoover an expert administrator and symbol of efficiency. Post-war relief World War I came to an end in November 1918, but Europe continued to face a critical food situation. Hoover estimated that as many as 400 million people faced the possibility of starvation. The United States Food Administration became the American Relief Administration, ARA, and Hoover was charged with providing food to Central and Eastern Europe. In addition to providing relief, the ARA rebuilt infrastructure in the effort to rejuvenate the economy of Europe. Throughout the Paris Peace Conference, Hoover served as a close advisor to President Wilson, and he largely shared Wilson's goals of establishing the League of Nations, settling borders on the basis of self-determination and refraining from inflicting a harsh punishment on the defeated central powers. The following year, famed British economist John Maynard Keynes wrote in the Economic Concept of the Peace that if Hoover's realism, knowledge, mag 
magnanimity and disinterestedness had found wider play in the councils of Paris, the world would have had the good peace after the U.S. government funding for the ARA expired in mid-1919. Who were transported the ARA into a private organization raising millions of dollars from the private donors. He also established a European Children's Fund, which provided relief to 15 million children across 14 countries. Despite the opposition of Henry Cabot Lodge and other Republicans, Hoover provided aid to the defeated German nation after the war, as well as relief to famine-stricken Bolshevik-controlled areas of Russia. Hoover condemned Bolshevism, but warned President Wilson against an intervention in Russia when, as he viewed the white Russian forces uh, as little better than the Bolsheviks and feared the possibility of a protracted U.S. involvement. The Russian famine of 1921-1922 claimed 6 million people, but the intervention of the ARI likely saved millions of lives. When asked if he was not helping Bolshevism by providing relief, Hoover stated 20 million people are starving. Whatever their politics, they shall be fed. Reflecting the gratitude of many Europeans in July 1922, Soviet author Maxim Gorky told Hoover that your help would enter history as a unique, gigantic achievement worthy of the greatest glory, which all along remain in the memory of millions of Russians whom you have saved from death. In 1919, Hoover established the Hoover War Collection at Stanford University. He donated all the files of the Commission for Relief in Belgium, the U.S. Food Administration, and the American Relief Administration, and pledged $50,000 as endowment equivalent to $737,332 in 2019. Scholars were sent to Europe to collect pamphlets, society publications, government documents, newspapers, posters, proclamations, and other ephemeral materials related to the war and the revolutions that followed it. <coughs> The collection was renamed the Hoover War Library in 1922 and is now known as the Hoover Institution. During the post-war period, Hoover also served as the president of the Federated American Engineering Societies. Stay tuned for part two of U.S. President number 31, Hoover, Herbert Hoover.